0: Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Missionary. Today we're talking about how the modern missionary prays. Prayer is such an important aspect of a Christian lifestyle of a missionary. It needs to be. We are called to pray without ceasing. But in modern day, that that almost seems like a joke when we talk about praying without ceasing. This unattainable aspect. Uh, there's a couple of things we want to talk about today. We want to talk about personal prayer and how you, as a modern missionary, are meant to be entering into personal communication with God. Uh, but we also want to be talking about an aspect that i'm very passionate about which is corporate prayer and intercession where we pray in groups where we're praying in community we're agreeing together mm-hmm. it's something we see the disciples model so well in the early church of like praying and seeking the lord And so let's talk about prayer today. We're going to go through a similar structure we've gone through in other episodes, but highlighting what prayer isn't and kind of like how we've kind of addressed prayer in this kind of like wrongfully in culture today. Um, Taylor, do you want to point out some things where you've seen kind of like the church is kind of getting it wrong? This isn't what prayer is or what it, I think God meant for it to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, prayer, prayer. Oh, man, it is like the thing, you know, like the disciples said, uh, Lord, teach us how to pray. They saw there was something in where they knew Jesus was flowing from this place of prayer. They didn't say Jesus, teach us how to heal right? Jesus just said, go heal. They're like, okay. And they went and healed people. Like that was it. They didn't even say, teach us how to evangelize, right? Like the Holy spirit came on them. They just went out and evangelize and they went and they said, Jesus said, just go tell people kingdom of God's at hand. And they did it right. The one thing they said, Jesus, can you teach us this was prayer. They said, teach us how to pray God. And so they understood there's something about prayer that's different. And we need to ask the Lord to teach us that, right? And so, uh, but a lot of times it's flipped. We want to learn everything else and the prayer we kind of throw aside. A lot of times we think prayer is just kind of like this talking to the big man upstairs, like in his little time, Lord, help me with this, amen. And we use prayer for just help me on my test, and that's it, which is, it's a valid prayer, but that's kind of the extent of our prayer sometimes, right? Or Lord, help uh, this person who's sick, and that's it. Whereas prayer was meant to be this like, wrecking force that moved the kingdom of God forward that shifted heavenly realms that that changed regions right and yet we've minimalized it sometimes down to this little like uh help me have a good day God amen you know and Mm -hmm. so we I remember talking to people and we did an intercession night and they came up to me afterwards and they said I've never prayed out loud before you know and uh the people came up to me and they said I didn't know you could pray for others or I didn't know you could pray for regional things because we prayed for like the ending of abortion in our region, you know. And someone came up to me and said, I didn't know you could pray for topics. I thought you just kind of prayed about what you need in life. And that was it, you know. And so I think we have a big misunderstanding. And I think our we need to go to God and say, God, teach us how to pray just like the disciples did.
0: Yeah, for sure. But Natalia, for
1: you. Yeah.
2: Um, For me, a huge thing has always been, um, I think one of my favorite things about reading the Bible really, really young is that no one tells you that you shouldn't expect God to answer your prayers. Because if you read the Bible, God's answering prayers left and right. Like, and it's crazy and amazing. And so from a really young age, I would pray about anything and everything, and God was answering my prayers. So by the time I got to middle school, where, you know, People are starting to encounter some disappointment. Some prayer requests aren't necessarily being answered all the time. That was the first time I ever had to grapple with, like, oh my gosh. Like, that like this is this is something that's like a lot deeper um and a little bit mysterious. But I think that caused me to embrace it much more, right? Because James 5 says, the effective prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed. And then all of a sudden, there was no rain. There was a drought. And then God had him. God had him pray again, and He sent rain. And so, just this idea that God desires to use our prayers to shape how people experience Him in our times, in our days, um, that always grabbed me. And the idea, especially of like Elijah, was a man with a nature like ours. There is nothing that is separating any of these biblical characters from me. Or from you that we are invited to say pray with the same boldness, um, and to expect the same effect. And so, something we'll talk about a little later in this podcast, though, is what is the effective prayer of the righteous man that availeth much?
0: Yeah, I think um, a lot of people ask me what, like, they're like, "Why would I pray if God knows what I need?" And like, or like, if He knows Mm -hmm. what I'm going to ask, which is like. Honestly, the question I think I asked, I think it's more personal. I was asking that as a kid, like, I don't get it. Like he knows what I'm gonna ask, so why am I even like having this dialogue if he knows what I need or he knows what I'm gonna say but I just like the emphasis there is like that people don't understand when they're asking that question and what you come to discover is like, it's all about relationship. Your father loves to like have relationship with you. Jesus loves Mm -hmm. to have relationship with you and Mm -hmm. prayer is that place where you get to communicate. You get to talk. Um, in my marriage, I am not a great communicator. I get very quiet and stuff. I'm like, Rochelle wants to know and she wants to just interact. She wants to hear about my day. She wants to talk and I can kind of like internal process and if anything I've learned in that marriage is like she loves and values just communication like being able to know rather than me thinking like, oh, she must know what's going through my head like because I'm going to do it or it makes sense or this is a logical thing that I would do next but she loves and values communication. So if anything, like Mm -hmm. prayer is about communication it's not just about asking for things uh, or just like a God that already knows you is just making you fulfill this religious duty, but it's about relationship. Prayer is a place of relationship both on and like individual personal level with God. And then I think that applies as well to the corporate thing. It's like we're in a community approaching God in relationship together uh, and making these uh, prayers known before him. So I think that's kind of an, an important thing. So that's kind of like what prayer isn't. It's not just about a list of things. When I taught my fourth through sixth graders, it's like God's not just a genie. Don't just go through and like ask your things and they're gonna happen, but it's like communicate with him, talk, talk to him. Uh, it's not Santa Claus, like writing your wants and like he'll reward you accordingly, but it is about that relational aspect. And so approach prayer with that aspect of relationship first. Uh, and that's what prayer is all about. You guys wanna chime in about like what Prayer is beyond that. Like, what have you guys come to experience prayer on a personal level? And what have you really experienced prayer to be, Taylor?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's there's this guy. He's like just a genius when it comes to just prayer books. Things. His name a- Andrew Murray. He talks a lot about prayer. And he says, some people pray just to pray. Other people pray to know God. You know, and it's like, oh, man, that that is you hit it right on, James. Like that's the first primary purpose of prayer is that. It, it, we know god better and you know we connect our hearts to his heart more and that that way, that's number one right so what does prayer do well it keeps this communication just like you talked about this lifeline this intimacy with god fresh it's fresh eye contact with god every day it's it's connecting to him fresh every single day and so it it like uh, it keeps your faith alive it really does it's a lifeline it's that that oil for your car that the thing that produces intimacy connection it, it it's it's that with him you know and so i would say when you stop to pray when you stop praying you'll notice kind of a uh, a distance sometimes starting to occur and if you give up a prayer life and you stop talking to god all throughout the day and praying uh, then you'll notice a gap kind of starting to form, and I want to encourage people that prayer sometimes it can be go away for an hour and just talk to God absolutely, but also prayer the praying without ceasing is do it all throughout your day. Like you you send funny text messages to your friends real quick in the middle of work when you're not supposed to. You'll send a, a quick little meme or something. You'll send someone. You'll call them in the car. You'll text them. You're kind of texting without ceasing. Like you're talking to people all day, right? And it's the same idea. Even if your prayer is. A two-second, like, God, I love you, God, uh, help me with this, God, what are you saying right now, Jesus, where are you moving, you know, Holy Spirit, what are you doing, like, your your prayer life doesn't have to be for an hour in the morning, you know, all that kind of stuff, it is that that's a valid part of it but your prayer life can be little text message prayers with God all through day where you're just having this walk with him and this awareness like i'm always saying holy spirit let me be aware of you all day you know i don't want to like talk to him during prayer time and then not talk to him the rest of the day it's a conversation that flows all throughout the day
0: yeah it's a reflection of your faith like understanding that like god is actually always there with you right that he is always accessible that while you're driving and you see something you see a beautiful sunset or you have a thought like it's your faith of like oh actually god is attainable accessible and like i can actually turn this thought in the communication with God, that it's Mm -hmm. not like, oh, I have to go in order to meet God, I have to go shut the door in my inner prayer room, or in order to meet God, I have to go to church, right? It's like, no, he's actually like, I can actually meet him wherever and whenever. And that's the reflection of faith of like, praying without ceasing or praying in every moment, we have that type of access, for sure. Mm -hmm. Natalia, any thoughts?
2: Uh, I mean, building off both those, just like, how special is it that like, Okay, so for most of ancient thought, your God was local. He was in a place. He had a temple. You had to go to that one place, and that's the only place where you can communicate to God. And then further than that, the presence of God, his ability to response, respond, or even your ability to have your prayer received was mediated through someone else. And this is even true for for the Israelites, right? That like, there was a great high priest, right? Who would go in and make the atoning sacrifice once a year, um, putting the sins of Israel on one scapegoat, right? But now Jesus has become that scapegoat that our prayers are not actually mediated through a person anymore, but the person of Jesus, who now calls himself our great high priest, who is continually making intercession for us. And then we are called the temples, right? That when the veil was split from the top down, At the moment when Jesus died, there was something that changed completely in how God relates to man. And so now we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit within us. And so it's one of those beautiful moments where it's like, oh, my goodness, that's one of the most radical things that Christianity asserts is that God lives in us. And we have full access all the time, right? Um, Paul talks about this, that we have bold access to enter into the throne of grace and receive mercy. And so just like James and Taylor were talking about, I think one of my favorite aspects of like the invitation to continually pray, it's just that it's an invitation. It's not a Wow, you must be so spiritual that you are so continually thinking spiritual thoughts and communing with God. No, it's an invitation to have a best friend, a lover, you know, the one who completely knows you and holds every thought and desire with equal weight, right? That like, if you think about it this way, who's the first person you text when you're sad? Who's the first person you text when you're happy? And I think one of the greatest moments of my prayer life was when God challenged me on that to be the first person always that I tell about anything and everything. And to know that he not only holds my emotions and validates them, but then he gives of himself to me, exchanging peace for anxiety and joy for sadness and perspective for confusion. Um, and so prayer is so much fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. I you were talking about the relational aspects best friend that you know like I the imagery that I love especially based on that verse is like you know in today with so much work from home going on you have a lot of kids who like at home they're not allowed to go into where their dad works you know their dad's right there mm-hmm. but they're inaccessible like can't go in can't interrupt but I think it was a teaching in like my discipleship training school where the guy gave an example of like your father is in this meeting he's meeting with high officials and you open up the door and his attention just stops on everything else that he's doing all these important people around him and just focuses on you and embraces you and pulls you up on his lap and listens to you but that example of like that type of uh you know access that we have and type of a reception from the father that like we can have the full attention of god despite like his it it, omniscience everywhere like we can come and sit on his lap and talk to him and and share with him and now being like a father and like whenever cedar comes and interrupts or especially when i'm working upstairs and he just starts climbing up the stairs you know the joy that he's he's like dad dad and like that's just so fun as a father and like that's what our father experienced when we approach him in these like small childlike aspects of of prayer throughout our day right um I, I like something you're talking about in Italia, and, and this is a, another side of prayer so we see prayer as us talking to God but what about that aspect about like God communicating back to us like a phone call like uh, do you guys want to pour into that Taylor how about we go to you first of just like what does it look like to actually be in a two way communication stream with God through prayer.
1: Yeah, I, I would say um, one of my favorite verses is with Samuel. Uh, when he is a child, he basically keeps hearing God calling out to him. And he doesn't know it's God. So he runs over to kind of uh, the high priest at the time. And and the high priest keeps telling him to go back to bed. And then finally the high priest realizes this might be God talking to you. So he says this, this famous line. He says, next time you hear that, say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And I think that line of speak your servants listening of positioning yourself to say god i'm listening i'm here if you want to talk that's what opens up it's a two-way conversation because like you said uh we can make the one-way conversation just like you know i call I, i i you know call up god on the phone and then i just tell him everything going on which is a great thing great thing to do but then i'm like all right amen, I'm done. And we hang up and it's like, man, if we had a relationship like that in a marriage where it was only me talking to my wife, dumping everything on her and saying, that was a great talk. And then I hang up like, <laughs> that's a very dysfunctional <laughs> relationship, you know? And I'm like, and then we go to therapy and I'm like, I don't get it. I feel so close to them. You know, <laughs> I tell them everything, right? It's like, no, 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 no. Like there's a moment where I would say like, honey, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? Right. And how do we ever stop and ask, how is God feeling? You know, do we ever cause he has vast emotions in the Bible. Do we ever say, God, what do you think about this situation? God, what do you think about what I should do? God, what do you, do we say, speak? I'm listening. So that's how you make it a two way conversation is you pour your hair, your heart out to the Lord. Absolutely. But I would say, stop after all of that and say, Lord, do you want to say anything? And then be okay sitting in silence. Mm. Let it be awkward for a moment. <laughs> it's okay, right? Even with your spouse, if I, I can sit in a room in silence with her, and it's okay, <laughs> right? And then when she's ready to speak, she can say, you know what? This is what I want to say. And sometimes with the Lord, it's the same thing where we, we open up, Lord, do you want to say? And sometimes you might immediately feel a Bible verse. You might immediately get an image. You might immediately get a thought. But other times, you might not hear anything and that is okay, right? And, uh, and I would just say, if you wanna have a two-way conversation with God, you have to open up a moment for him to speak and wait on the Lord all through scripture says wait on the Lord wait on the Lord wait on the Lord so take a moment to sit in silence and wait and see if he'll speak to you and then uh, that's one way you can make it a two-way conversation is see if it comes a second way is always open up your Bible if you ever know what what he wants to say I include my Bible into my prayer life so I I don't just read a verse and say well that's good and move on I read a verse and I stop and I pray and I say Lord talk to me about this verse life are always intertwining and often I'll God what are you saying? And all of a sudden I'll think of a verse or I'll hear a reference and I'll go back and I'll read it. And it's exactly what I needed to hear for that day. So anyway, when you invite the Lord to speak, you'll notice and you become more aware of it. You'll notice he'll start speaking to you through a million different ways. And now it's really become a two way conversation, not just a one, but uh, for Natalia, what what do you do to kind of open up that two way conversation Mm -hmm. of prayer with the Lord?
2: Um, I, so the way my little sister talks about this is she says um, our quiet times or like, in essence, a dedicated space of engaging in spiritual disciplines with the Lord in the morning sets the table to dine with him for the rest of the day. And so I love thinking of it that way, that like my time with Jesus in the morning, whether I'm engaging in worship, in prayer, whether through listening or intercession or even praying through liturgies and like different prayers that have been written by saints through the ages and passed down as treasures to us that help us communicate our feelings and our ways of experiencing God. um, Like whatever it is that I end up doing, sometimes just memorizing scripture. Like, honestly, like that is one of my favorite ways to spend um, some time with Jesus. It sets me up to expect it. Like it's almost like the tuning fork, like, or the little, um, the harmonica that people blow into at the beginning of a choir singing that helps me go, okay, what is the pitch? Reminding myself, what does my father sound like? What is on his heart? What does he value, right? And so the rest of the day, my heart is attuned to hear him um, in all the moments Taylor was talking about of like going into class. um, One thing that's a very big Way that I love to pray continually is kind of the idea of like, what are the things that you do every day that you can attach a small discipline to to invite Jesus into it. Um, so, for instance, when I sit down in class, I normally write a little prayer at the top of where I begin my notes of being like Jesus you want to use this, like, what are you saying? What are you doing? And not letting it just be an academic exercise, right? Like when I sit down to read something, like similar practice, when I get in my car, I try to be very intentional of like not turning music on right away and giving that space also. So um, I think a huge thing for me is creating touch points throughout the day where I've left space to invite God in and to make myself available to hear him.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah that's really good I just like yeah I feel like prayer is just that like it's almost that arm that's reaching out to like continue to get life through like it has to be that exercised like muscle of staying connected with God because it's just like connection with God is accomplished Mm -hmm. through prayer um, and so many aspects, um, we've talked about intimacy before we've talked about, you know, these different things, but it's like prayer is just so fundamental. Um, I remember like, uh, early on in like my faith, but like my journey, somebody being like, wow, you just sound like you, you know, you're so intimate with God when you pray. And it was because I was cultivated from a place of just intimacy where it was just like, I, mm-hmm. it was comfortable. For me to just talk with god and share with him the things of my heart uh and so that can be done uh that can be done and that needs to be done in you know an individual place matthew 6 um Five through six it says when you pray don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street to see be seen by others truly i tell you they have received their reward in full but when you go pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and that and it's just a place like you cultivate that on an individual personal level of being with god uh but it just like it pours into connection on so many regards i would love to so it's a beautiful picture of personal prayer something that i've become very passionate about in the season of kind of like startup uh, of this ministry and especially as i've taken a step out of kind of like working as a minister in a church has been like corporate prayer and i just love to see people and i don't know if i'm using corporate prayer in the right way but I, people praying in groups together Um, Because that is just there's something that's accomplished through like group prayer that just isn't done um often enough in my book like especially in a church service we just don't take enough time to like pray together um somebody prays from up front but we don't get to like pray together there's something that's so powerful in terms of intercession that i feel like a lot of believers don't really understand and in terms of like a modern missionary like this is where the the foremost work is getting done is getting done through prayer like you are just not going to be effective if you're not praying um so i'd love to talk about that kind of like group prayer real quick before. I invite you guys to speak into that. For me, like growing up in the church, like what I knew prayer to be was like we'd pray before dinner or like the pastor would stand up and pray. Or I just remember being at like church Christmas Eve service and it was like stand up, we're going to pray, sit down, and then we're going to stand up again and we're going to pray. And like it was just this like somebody praying, but like I had zero interaction with me. But when I went to Chile to do my DTS with YWAM, it was like week one day two we were doing intercession prayer we broke into groups and i was like oh like we're all praying this is is we're going in a circle or something i don't know and like started just practicing it like i guess we're all talking to god right now and it was like very early on in my faith but it was like oh we can all pray together hear each other communicate to god listen to this like uh, group conversation which is wild but uh what do you got what are some thoughts of your guys on group prayer
1: yeah, I think I. I mean, I think it lines right up where Jesus says, you know, where two or more are gathered, there I am. You know, I'm in their midst. You know where it calls us to like you said, it's not the pastor's job. It's the congregation. It's the saints. We are all a kingdom of high priests. And the high priest's job was to talk to God. Right. And so if we're all that kingdom of high mm-hmm. priests and saints now, we are all called to be that person to pray. So anyone who says, I'm just not good at praying, it's like that's just not true. Like it's if you if you can uh, think if you can talk. You're good at praying because it's just talking to God, <laughs> right? It's okay, and we just grow as we practice it. We feel more comfortable with it, right? And so, um, but I, I would say for me, there's the group prayer. Is you know when you're when you're teaming up kind of in praying over subject but for me i love it when it taps into the intercessory prayer of we're leaving um because you could pray for each other in groups but when you gather as a group to pray for a specific topic for the lost souls in the region to get saved for the shifting of the region for you know um violence to end crime to go down things to shift like that there's so much power in those moments because we're agreeing together in prayer over something um one of my favorite like revivals in history is called the the layman the layman which is kind of like the average man the working man prayer revival and it was in the like 1800s and uh let's see 1857 that's when it was and basically this guy just said let's do a prayer meeting where we gather groups together to pray and that's it there's no preaching there's no message he just said let's just gather and he was just a working guy he wasn't a pastor he wasn't a theologian he just had a heart like james said to said let's gather people together to pray and he did this and slowly people and he just said let's just gather in a group uh from 12 to 1 during our lunch break at work Okay. And all of a sudden it just kept growing and kept growing and kept growing and it became to where at all the, within about like six, seven months, all of new york would shut down for one hour and it says that you would see people running in the streets to get to the prayer groups to pray and then and then all of a sudden revival broke out chicago heard about it la heard about it all these things and it says that within from 1856 to 58 2.8 million people got saved and we know that because the churches were keeping record of new converts coming in so all that happened was people gathered to pray in groups for the lost to be saved and that simple prayer there was an unexplainable shift of 2.8 million people getting saved it wasn't some crazy crusade it was people coming together in groups to say let's just pray for people to get saved that's it so i that i love that story because it was like a revival broke out not because of anything mm-hmm. except for prayer you know and and it wasn't these pastors praying it was the working person the average joe and it wasn't a complicated prayer it was let's just pray for people to meet jesus and that was it Mm -hmm. and 2.8 million get saved in america right and so that's my encouragement to people is like you don't have to be a professional prayer person just go Mm -hmm. in a group with your friends and pray those awkward prayers and it might lead to almost three million people getting saved you know (laughs) like there's so much there's so much power when you say a simple. So that's why I'm a big Start fan of group prayer and intercessory prayer for sure. But Natalia is a huge prayer warrior. So I want to learn from her. Natalia, what what do you think?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, I love group prayer so much because. Um, so this kind of comes back to a, a tiny bit of what I touched on before. It's just the idea of the effective prayer of the righteous man that availeth much. right? There's no such thing as being a professional Prayer, right, but I think we have all wrestled with at different points like how do I be effective like what does that even mean right and so I want to take us to John, my favorite John fifteen verse seven um if you're if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you desire and it will be given to you, and in this you'll bear much fruit and your joy will be complete and he says it like two more times and it's this Beautiful invitation right before Jesus is supposed to go to the cross, where he essentially says, You're gonna pray, I'm gonna answer your prayers. It's gonna be fun, it's gonna make you happy. There's gonna be a fullness of joy in that, and that's gonna be fruitful, right? And so, I think the first thing I love to address in group prayer settings is God wants to answer our prayers. I think, somewhere, somehow, different places. Um, prayer becomes a ritual that we do because we're supposed to, or even we do because there's like a relational intimacy, but not something we do because we believe it'll affect change in such a way that the world will be transformed by our prayers. But that is the purpose of prayer, right? And so what's amazing is John 15 happens. He has just given them this incredible invitation to pray, and then they're falling asleep as Jesus has asked them to pray for him, right? And I think that's the place most of us find ourselves. We're like, ah, that sounds nice. But then when it comes down to it, right, and we're a group of three or we're a group of like eight because Judas had left, right? Um, It's hard to stay awake and pray. Like, what are we supposed to do? So I just want to bring us back to that verse for a second of, if if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be given to you. So essentially, what that is asking us is, what are the desires of heaven? How can we be rooted in the things that God is longing for? And so first of all, of course, scripture. What are promises in scripture that we have from God, things he says he wants to do? So praying the promises of God in scripture is first easy way for a fun group prayer meeting, right? Um, Second thing, of course, is like, what are the things that are on God's heart, right? Because ultimately abiding transforms us to desire the very things that God desires. Right? So if we just look at the trajectory of like the kingdom coming, right. That it's already come in some points, but we're in the already, but not yet. Right. Like Jesus has already come as healer, but not everyone's healed yet. Right. Jesus has already come as savior, but not everyone's saved. And so really pressing into the points of pain that we experience as humans living in the already but not yet and asking for him to pour out his spirit of how he desires to heal and to save and to redeem and in those spaces too like thirdly just opening it up for all right guys let's wait on god let's have silence even if it's uncomfortable for a few minutes and just see if he brings scripture a word an image to mind um and for me that's where i've had the most fun with group prayer is trying to press into that aspect of like all of us seeking to see what God desires, and then in that I learn something new every single time because someone is going to experience God differently than I am, and in that I get invited into a more full view of how to pray the desires of God's heart.
0: Yeah, I think like for me, we I've um, been leading a couple different prayer groups like in this season. And I just, like, I want to see that type of, like, momentum of people, like, coming into prayer and learning to pray. Because I think that's a roadblock is so many people don't pray because they're just, like, I don't know how. And they don't, they haven't experienced it. But it's just, like, uh, these early, like, Wednesday mornings with prayer. I've, like, been meeting. It's a small group of people. But the consistency there, there's just something about, like, knowing, like, that's a place where I'm going to draw close to the heart of God. Like, for that hour and a half, like, we're just going to be so... Close to like seeking God's heart and experiencing it, and like it's it's hard for us to fathom the fact that like our prayers do change things. Like we kind of say it at the end of the thing, like in prayer group meetings, it's like, oh, our prayers just change things. But like I love the story in Acts chapter twelve, um Peter's imprisoned, and it says, but constant prayer was offered to God to him by the church, and so like they're. The church was praying for peter who was in prison and he gets set free from prison and comes and knocks on the door and they open the door and they're like it's the ghost of peter like they struggle to understand that their prayer was actually like
1: answered <laughs> like Man. they like shut
0: it and they go back to praying and it's like no like <laughs>
1: your prayers actually changed this. they thought it was more likely that it was a ghost or an angel than their prayer <laughs> was getting answered Yeah, right they're like it's more likely this is an angel at the front door than god actually answered us (laughs) you know like man yeah
0: and so like our prayers are just so powerful and we kind of struggle to understand how much it changes things and i think like uh in with ywam's regional vision of like north county just being transformed and like god's kingdom coming here through so many different ways like that's gonna happen through prayer um, and like, it's got to start with prayer. And I think like prayer is the backbone of the success of ministry. And like, I think um, ministers struggle to really understand that. Like, we struggle to prioritize that, right? Um, I know that I struggle to prioritize it in like my job as a pastor. Like, how much time was I spending actually praying for people or praying for my message as opposed to just doing the message or doing the ministry? Like, prayer is a thing that leads to success. And, um, it's so important but uh i want to give you guys an opportunity just any closing thoughts or things that you would want to encourage our listeners to do to kind of like enter into a lifestyle of prayer or to like what it looks like to either start a prayer group or how they can find a prayer group um anything like that uh
1: yeah so i mean practically i would say first off kind of first part how to start in prayer Uh, I would say just pray messy, like don't worry about it being perfect. You don't have to have it like, dear Jesus, amen, like a letter that you wrote out out to somebody. Like just, like Matthew 6, 7, he says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do, you know? (laughs) They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again, right? It's like, no, that's not, so that's some practical advice. Don't do that. Just, just. it's okay if your prayer's short. It's okay if it's long. Just pray what's on your heart. Don't, it doesn't have to be like a formula. It doesn't like, longer prayer isn't better. It's more like raw prayer is better. Like whatever's raw, whatever's real, whatever's on your heart, like pray that thing out, right? And, um, and so that would be my first advice is you don't need to worry about it being super clean cut kind of a thing, you know? And you don't, and, and get that mindset out that you gotta be, a um, professional at it, you know, but practicals, if you wanna get real practical for yourself and for others, you know, uh, there's a spontaneity of pray through God all throughout the day, but also it helps, like James said, schedule time for a prayer meeting, for a group, you know, like that revival from 12 to one every day, let's pray, you know, um, or for your personal life, in the morning, I'm going to pray. And I know earlier we said, it's not about that, right? So it's not about that formula, pray to God all throughout the day, but those times do help, you know? Practically get you to do it, you know, and it kind of sets you up for success. So I would say set a time aside and pray raw, pray real, you know, also practically, like have a point, have a list. Sometimes in a prayer group, when everyone just prays for whatever's on their heart, it's good, but it can be a little scattershot, you know? Cause we go from praying for the ending uh, of, you know, crime in my region to then all of a sudden praying for grandma's cat stuck in the tree, you know? Like it could be all over the place. And so it's kind of like, uh, if you come in, sometimes it's good to say like, hey, let's all pray for this thing and go after that together as a group, you know? Um, to, to like chop away at that thing falling. And so I would say also make a prayer list that helps. Like you're tired, you're, I don't know what to do, but you wake up and, and if you feel something in your heart to pray, pray it. But if not, you can always go back to like, oh, I told my friend I'd pray for them for this, right? So sometimes those help practically. Um, and then I would just say, take time to listen and bring scripture in. So that's my quick scattershot practicals, start, try this out. But for Natalia, for you, what are what are some practicals mm-hmm. of like, how do I start? How do I get going?
2: I would say. Um, I think, like I said, like first on that list of like, how do I pray the things that God desires? Scripture. Just pray scripture. Like I love just whatever I'm reading, like whether it's Psalms or the Gospels, like God is revealing something about God's heart and God's interactions with God's people. Um, and that is something we can always pray into. And then like that applies to group settings as well. Um, If you want to start a prayer meeting and you're not sure about where to begin, um, but you do want to prevent the we're praying for my friend's cousin's goldfish kind of prayers, like really creating a space for prayer requests at the end. So people know that there's a designated time for that. Um, But coming with a theme or coming with a scripture and a few maybe points about how we want to pray about it. Um, And start small for yourself and for your group. Like, don't put a pressure on yourself. I'm going to pray for an hour and be silent for three hours and then I will have known God, you know? Like, if you've never done it before, try with five minutes of silence and 10 minutes of prayer, right? And the same thing for a group. Like, make it a 30-minute prayer meeting. Make it accessible. There's no pressure to become a monk overnight. And I thank God for that.
1: Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Yeah,
0: and I think, like for me, the last thing is like, uh, be faithful. And so like find a prayer group mm. and start going to it and like keep going to it for a while. Like let it let it continue to transform you. And like, um, especially for me, I think with a prayer group, it's not always about like, gosh, I really want to go, but it's like, it's the act of continuing to show up and make myself available to God to be like, God use me in this time of prayer. Mm. I want to pray the things of your hearts. I want to know you. Um, that's so important. And so like, find a prayer group that you can just be faithful to and commit to. And you know, if it something changes in your life and you can't go to that, find another one, but like stay committed to faith, uh, like faithful prayer of like, keep it happening, keep it going. Like, um, sign up for that in your life because it's going to change you and it's going to be like it's going to empower you and you're going to see things move because you're connecting with god's heart and you're partnering it with it not just in like the things you can see and feel and touch but in the things you can't and like it's putting more faith in god's spirit and his ability to move beyond what you see and what you know so prayer uh, modern missionaries need to be praying. Um, it is the way that we're going to see society change. It's gonna, the way that we're going to like tap into the power of God and not just our own power and strength, right? All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening today. Let us pray for you real quick um, just to kind of wrap up this podcast and episode. So, God, we just mm-hmm. thank you for our listeners. We pray, Lord, that their hearts would just be turned to pray more. Lord, we pray that our world would just see Lord, um, the saints coming before you and just partnering with you in the spirit and asking that you transform this world the way that Moses prayed, the way that he cried out for his people for your mercy, God. May we take on the responsibility just cry out for Mm -hmm. mercy for our world and for our societies and our culture. So make us a people who are just committed to prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day.